0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach. And I'm Zarr. All right, so a couple things before we get started today. First of all, I don't know if you guys have seen the poll for the Great Debate, the first one that we did. I got my ass kicked. Zarr won. Not only did Zar get more, even Zach had more votes than I did. And he wasn't <laughs> even
1: fighting for any. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs>
2: God, why do I even bother?
1: <laughs> the underdog mentality, man. Everyone's sick of
2: PlayStation. You we'll just have to see the polls of the next debate.
0: As soon as that goes out, I will post another poll. I'm a lot more confident about that one than I am against the one with just Zar. We'll just have to see how that goes. Oh, dude, you got your ass kicked. Come on. You say that. <laughs> I didn't
1: even finish how many good games were on the GameCube. I'm pretty confident. You ran out of time. That's how it, debates work. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, that's how many good games there were. So good.
0: All right. You guys want to go over the sketch for today? We actually have one more thing that we have to do before we do the announcement. The Game T Podcast got its very first patron. (laughs) So on Patreon, Paul Meyer is our very first supporter. So this is our shout out to you, Paul. Thank you so much. Oh, Paul. Go, Paul. Thank you so much for supporting the Game Podcast. And a little bit more about Paul. We owe him a little more than just a thank you for that anyway. Paul has done an outrageous amount of work for us. He's actually the artist that designed the artwork for the podcast and all the artwork we use for social media. He's an amazing artist and I've invited him to plug his Twitch stream, but he hasn't gotten back to me about that part yet. So expect that here pretty soon because we seriously do owe that guy a lot of stuff. And plus he's really good at what he does and I'd love to see anybody who has a project that they'd love to see come to life, work with Paul, because he's great to work with and he's got great products. He
2: is awesome. He even streamed our artwork in development. He
0: did. He did. That It was really fun to watch, honestly. So just for becoming our very first patron on Patreon, Paul Meyer, thank you very much, my man. All right. And Zach, would you like to go over our itinerary for the day?
1: All right, here we go. The first article, we're gonna be talking about Assassin Creed. Then we'll be talking a little bit about the Xbox Series X and why you should be very hyped if you're an Xbox fanboy right now. I'm hyped.
0: I don't know if you've seen the poll. I think most people are Xbox fanboys. That seems to be our (laughs) fan base. So we
1: better start, JP. We better start learning some Xbox lingo. Welcome
2: to my world. (laughs)
1: Halo, 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 halo. (laughs) <laughs> all right and then next up a rumored playstation event that we'll be talking about and you got to think those two kind of go together mm-hmm. and then after that we'll be talking a bit more about that awesome game that came out final fantasy 7 yeah and then we'll go on to release dates and then finally we'll have a segment on youtube and our favorite youtubers that we like to watch with that being stated would you guys like to get started Let's do it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Who would like to read this first guy? Can I do it? Yeah, man, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get started. The big news here with Assassin's Creed is the reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We got a little bit of a cinematic world premiere trailer of that recently. First of all, guys, you actually watched the trailer before me. What did you think? Vikings are cool. Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Czar, for those great (laughs) words. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Vikings are cool. Zach, what did you think? So I'm definitely not the biggest Assassin's Creed fan, but it's kind of like an ebb and flow. Like I feel like they're a yearly release, and people always look forward to them, and there was a little lull, like, I think three years ago before Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out, and then people started getting back on the hype, and now it's kind of like they caught lightning in a bottle, like, twice, because now like people are really excited for Hollow. It was like the number two trending video on YouTube, so people are excited for this game, and I think that does have to do with what Zara said and very crisp words. It's just uh, Vikings are cool. Vikings are cool.
0: With Assassin's Creed, it's one of those games where, yeah, they come out all the time, and they're awesome games. I do love them. But for the most part, you kind of know what you're getting into with Assassin's Creed. From what I'm seeing from Valhalla, more like with the Viking-type setting, it feels a little bit more off the beaten path than your average Assassin's Creed, to the point where I know I don't know how much of a fan you are, czar, of Assassin's Creed. Zach doesn't like it very much, but uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was another Assassin's Creed that went off the beaten path a little bit. And that was my favorite Assassin's Creed ever because it didn't follow the formula as much. It was a really unique story compared to the rest of the Assassin's Creeds, And I'm getting the exact same vibes from Valhalla. It looks really good. I love the setting ideas in the words of the great czar. Vikings are cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that's going to be the name of the episode.
0: <laughs> Sometimes the, the name of the episode just comes to you.
2: Right? But no, I got that exact same feeling when I was watching the trailer. It looked like there was a sailing aspect to oh. it. Like with Black Flag, you can sail your pirate ship around and have your crew sing shanties, which always fun unlocking the shanties. That was the best part of the game was the shanties. <laughs> sailing along with the
0: shanties, that was better than actually hurting people. (laughs) right? But I
2: believe there will probably be that same free roam atmosphere across the waters with the Vikings. And just breaking this trailer down a little bit, it was amazing to see. Honestly, I am so hyped for it. It was really cool watching what the Vikings did, Mm -hmm. and then hearing the English royalty describing the Vikings, saying that they were heartless monsters and murderers, and just the worst people in the world. And then while he was saying that they were just mindless killers, the main protagonist ushered a woman and child away from all the combat getting them to safety so they wouldn't have to die. And so it's kind of cool seeing that obscured perspective from the narrator to what's actually happening. But a, a couple things I had questions about was the character development. Because a big thing with the newer Assassin's Creed's are you get to pick a character out of a couple different ones. You could choose the character's gender and all that stuff. But the trailer really looked like it focused on one specific protagonist. And we're not even Sure, if that is the main character or not, or if you'll have some character choice in the matter, but I, I could believe that they might do something similar to more recent Assassin's Creed titles.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I'm really looking forward to this game,
1: Zach. Why did you never get into Assassin's Creed? I don't know. I'm weird. You know, <laughs> honestly, it's just exploration games. Usually, just don't hit me as much. Like, I'll be honest. The only Legend of Zelda game I played is Breath of the Wild. For some reason I own Ocarina of Time I own Majora's Mask it's just like exploration games are really just not my cup of tea
0: but that's weird that you say that because Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are great Zelda games but they don't have anything regarding exploration on Breath
2: of the Wild but you got through that and you liked it didn't you
1: I don't know I literally couldn't describe it
2: Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are pretty damn linear compared to Breath of the Wild which doesn't even really have a full fleshed out story Hyrule
0: Field even. I mean, in Ocarina of Time, it's pretty empty. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean, to answer your question is I really am not exposed to it. It's not really been on Nintendo consoles. And so like my only comparison for Assassin's Creed is Legend of Zelda, which that's a prestigious series in itself. And I'm still not the biggest fan of that gameplay style. And I do only really think they're that similar, but I don't know, just never got into it. But I love my viewers so much. I did do a little bit of research here. All right. Now, with this stated, this is totally speculatory based on what people have just gathered from analyzing the trailer. So like Zara said, I thought he made a great point. And what JP said about like how it's kind of like going to be Black Flag, the sailing. A lot of the videos I'm watching didn't even talk about the sailing, but how could you be a Viking and not sail? It seems kind of like a dumb thing. Right. It, yeah. I feel like JP's on to something. I feel like Zars on to something. Like, how's the character customization going to go?
0: But JP, did you play Odyssey? I did not play Odyssey. My brother did, and he absolutely adored it. In fact, he said it was his favorite Assassin's Creed.
1: Right. So one thing that astute viewers saw is that there's like a raven flying around, and that was going to be similar to like the eagle. They had in odyssey. So if that makes sense to you, that's cool. I, didn't, I didn't noticed that the first time I watched the trailer and then some other things they said for sure this is going to be on the next series of Xbox and the next series of PlayStation so that is cool but yeah a lot of stuff is up in the air and it's just speculatory but gosh that was a beautiful trailer and Vikings are cool guys Vikings are cool Vikings are cool
0: so yeah we're going to link a video to the social media as soon as we release this episode so that you can check it out for yourself but you absolutely should if you're a fan of this type of game we already think it's going to be for you and And yeah, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to hear what other people have to say about it. It's a really exciting title. Assassin's Creed is one of those game franchises that brings PlayStation and Xbox people together.
1: Not
2: tears them apart. Really does. I would have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Shut
0: <laughs> oh, whatever. Just go play Mario Odyssey.
1: <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Mario Odyssey? Who copied who? <laughs> All right, speaking of my stupidities, Zara, I'll let you take over. Um, This next one's definitely your uh, cup of tea, man. All right, so
2: next we are talking about the Xbox Series X and their lineup of games finally oh no kidding i have been waiting for quite a while they've released everything else except the games and it's been frustrating
0: yeah i know because gaming is about the games in fact from the last debates are one of my friends uh messaged me who listens to the podcast and he was like why didn't you talk more about the exclusive games you would have had him on the ropes I was like, because I don't have empirical data about that.
1: (laughs) Nobody does. (laughs) Fucking COVID. Ruining my freaking gaming year.
2: Yeah, right. Anyway, keep on going, Zar. So the big news coming from Phil Spencer himself is a game showcase from Inside Xbox on Thursday, May 7th at
1: 8 a.m.
2: Pacific time.
1: Can I pause you real quick? Inside Xbox? That's like their Nintendo Direct. You said you never heard of that. That's what it's called. (laughs) I realized that
2: when I was going through the article today because I watch Inside Xbox. So I know what's going on and I didn't even realize that was their direct. They put one out every week. (laughs) Oh, wow. Inside Xbox, okay. Yeah, it's just right on the Xbox homepage. I don't know if you can find Inside Xbox online anywhere, but if you have Xbox Live, it is bright front and center.
0: All right. So, I mean, obviously we don't know anything that's going to be coming out yet, but let's just start making predictions. I mean, that's all that we can do at this point. Czar, what do you think the big announcements are going to be? Well, obviously Halo. Obviously Halo.
2: With uh, what Phil Spencer said, that the Xbox will not be delayed for the holiday season. He also, I don't know if he mentioned it, but there was speculation that Halo was also not delayed because that was going to be their main center launch title. But I could also see... Fable being discussed, because there's been a lot more speculation and building rumors on Fable 4. They're going to talk about Gears. Gears has also been the showcase for their new hardware. Oh yeah, absolutely. As far as others, I know Hellblade, uh, Susami...
1: Saga? uh something.
2: Yeah, yeah, that. Hellblade 2. That's another big one. Other than that, it's going to be a complete surprise what Xbox shows, because nobody has any idea for any new content that they're producing.
0: I'm just as excited to see what Xbox is going to put out as well. That being said, you gave your predictions about what you think is coming out, Czar. Is there any games that you'd like to see that you think is probably going to be more wishful thinking than anything? Like, what would you love to see? that you don't think is gonna happen, but if it did, you'd be like, oh my God. As far
2: as wishful thinking goes, well, I said it last week, anything from Rare. Absolutely any new title from Rare would be amazing. Banjo 3. Banjo 3. Banjo
0: 3. I would love to see a Banjo 3.
2: Well, they have Banjo 2 e so why not Banjo 3? Add the extra E's at the end. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to think of any solid Xbox exclusive. And
1: that- That's kind of been their big freaking issue, right? It really is, it
2: really is, because they share a lot of their content either with the Switch or it's third party, so it goes to PlayStation and PC as well.
0: That's what I brought up in the debate, too, is if there's anything really holding Xbox back from being the clear winner, it's just exclusive games. I mean, because PlayStation's got a fantastic library, Xbox just needs to step up their game a little bit in that department, and I think they'd be trampling over PlayStation.
1: That's kind of been their issue, Like they've just never had a solid first try lineup. It's always been Halo. Which they're both shooters. I understand they're vastly different shooters, but Xbox, that's like something they really need to do. And like, I think the most exciting part if you're an Xbox fan is Xbox knows that's a problem. And they've gone out and they purchased so many different game studios. And you got to be hopeful that this is going to lead to some new exclusive something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just hope it's not a freaking shooter, man. Yeah, I hope so too. I love shooters, but there's
2: enough of those. And they've had really solid exclusive titles in the past, but they're only only standalones they don't have sequels they don't have series it's just kind of a one and done when they find an xbox exclusive well then i think it's time to break out some of those older titles
0: you're gonna get criticism for just kind of playing off the sequel card instead of coming up with original content but if you have good originals in your back pocket good
2: exclusive games use them by all means use those oh yeah And that's why I'm excited to see anything new on Fable, because I love Fable. It's such a unique and fun RPG that just really died out of nowhere.
0: Mm -hmm. Big time. I want to see Xbox step up their game here. I really do. I want to see some great new titles that they've got coming out because Halo and Gears alone aren't going to do it. I'd be pumped to see them, but everybody is expecting that.
2: Do something we're not expecting absolutely they need to exceed expectations because we already know those two are coming out those two have been talked about to death and it's kind of worrisome that they don't have these solid exclusive titles because after this halo halo's done this is the last game officially from the master chief saga that is ever going to release they could make spin-offs but I don't think those are going to do as well as the main title.
0: And plus, I think it's time to put Halo to bed. It really is. That's just my opinion. And I know any Halo fan is, well, you know what? I think a lot of Halo fans would might, might even agree with me. I mean, the last great Halo game I heard of was Halo Reach. And when did that come out? That was like a decade ago.
2: Oh, yeah, that was Xbox 360. Yeah,
0: so, And that's the last time I heard anyone get really wowed by a Halo game. I say make one more fantastic title and put it
2: to bed. Halo 4 and 5 were cool, don't get me wrong, but it just didn't have the same luster that the previous titles had, and I just couldn't get behind them. It was one of those things like, I am so committed into the Halo series that I played them and I beat them all on Legendary, I struggled through that but i just didn't feel like i wanted more i just kind of wanted to get through the story and play something else
0: so zach what do you think is there anything that you'd like to see at all
1: i would just definitely echo your guys sentiments and that's not to say like i think xbox has got strong third party i think that is where xbox really shines right now is most things that are on ps4 that aren't exclusives it always comes to xbox it almost always looks better on xbox especially with xbox one x that's fair. And I mean, like the more powerful system, duh, that makes sense, right? There's just the only problem Xbox has is it's not selling enough to where it matters. Like you want to play with your friends because everyone's on PS4 right now. So you're going on PS4. So you got to hope that those first parties, they bring them in so that you can share those third party experiences on Xbox versus PlayStation. Because usually once one console gets a big enough lead, it's really tough to regain that momentum without something crazy happening.
0: That is absolutely true. All right. I think we've spent enough time on this. What do you guys think?
1: I'm glad you said that, JP because our next article is also about Xbox. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yay. All right. So our next article comes from CNBC. It is by Annie Pei, and basically it is all aboard the Xbox train. I'm going to give you a few excerpts from the article. Overall, I think we're in line where we thought we would be. He said, he being Phil Spencer, while discussing the new Xbox Series X on Thursday during CNBC's Squawk Alley. I'd say the bigger unknown is probably the games product, the game production he added. Game production is a large-scale entertainment activity. Now, you have hundreds of people coming together, building assets, and working through creative. So basically, the Xbox Series X is kind of in that final stage, but what they're really worried about phil spencer says is if the games are all going to be ready on time because it's such a collaborative process you need all these people and COVID 19 is not making that easy he said he's still confident about games development but that security and safety of his teams are a priority and that quite frankly microsoft won't push when things just aren't ready i think that's a really awesome thing to hear because nothing's worse than like gosh what was the game we were just talking about like a week ago um no man's no man's sky right No man's
0: sky yep yeah
1: yeah that came out it was super hyped and it just dropped and flopped super quick that's the quickest way to kill a game and even though they've done everything they can to fix that reputation first impression is everything. You can't mess that up.
0: Here's where I'm confused on this article. So we just got we literally just talked about it. A tweet from Xbox saying hey we've got this huge game showcase coming up and we can't wait to show it to you and I'm like that's amazing. That's very cool but a big thing that's going to happen when that conference comes out are people are going to also expect dates to start coming out. Now it's going to be vague because we don't have a launch date for the new Xbox either but it's probably going to be something like oh we wanted in 2021 early 2021 or maybe late 2020 to help push the console and now we're getting this article that's saying uh but we don't know exactly when we're going to be able to get stuff out there because of the coronavirus i don't know i mean i think people are going to be very understanding that the virus is slowing down game companies i'm just a little worried that xbox may, might make some promises that they can't keep after hearing about this
2: what do you guys think about that I've been really worried about that too. It's comforting to know that the Xbox, the new Xbox will drop when they say it will, but it is a little bit concerning to know that these games may not follow the same trend. And I feel like Xbox really wants to put news out there and reassure the fans, but they just don't have anything to share.
0: Right. The console and the games, the whole thing about this is most of the parts for both of those items, physical games and pieces needed for the console themselves come from China. And production in China has almost come to a halt because of the coronavirus. So you have to wonder, is Xbox going to be able to literally get the material they need to make the console
1: and make the games? So Phil Spencer says that he doesn't think the coronavirus is actually going to impact when it launches its next-gen game console. Now, however, that could be totally different if there's such a high enough demand. Then, yeah, I think I can see where you're coming from, JP. But so far, Phil Spencer, he sounds pretty confident that the Xbox um, Series X will launch this holiday 2020. It's just the games that he's worried about. I would love for him to prove me wrong. I really would. I would
0: love to see the games and the console out in a timely manner and for Xbox to have a kick-ass showcase next week. Like I said, I've just... I'm a little hesitant, and I'm going to just leave it at
2: that. Well, I wouldn't expect to readily get the new Xbox when it drops. I think the demand and supply is going to be incredibly unbalanced. There's going to be a lot of people that want it, and only about 100 people per town are going to get it. Right. So you could expect to get it next year.
1: You know, that's a really good thing we can speculate on, too. Like, I mean, look how crazy the Switch is selling right now. Can you guys imagine, like, when a new console comes out, the fire to get that new thing... We don't have to imagine. We've seen it a million times.
0: I think the biggest one I've ever seen, honestly, was with the Nintendo Wii. The just sheer amount of hype built up for that console versus being able to actually obtain one was wild.
2: It took me like two years after the Wii came out to get a Wii. Just because every time I went into my local game store, they're like, sorry, we got Three of them in, and they were already promised to people who were 50 spots ahead of you in the line. We got
0: some of them in. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, shout out to my mom. They should
1: get me one of those. You're same. Yep,
0: same here. So, short story, very short story. 2008, Christmas time rolls around. Nintendo Wii sold out everywhere. And I asked for that for Christmas. Now, 2006, 2006. Oh, you're old. Yeah, I am old. Okay. So 2006, Christmas morning, the last present I opened up was a copy of Twilight Princess for the Wii. And I was stoked, but that was my last gift. And it just said there was a sticky note on the back that said, we owe you one week. (laughs) I was a little bummed out, but I understood. I'm like, you know what? My mom did her best. This console sold out everywhere. It is what it is. About an hour later, I don't know if you knew this. FedEx is still going hard on Christmas Day, apparently. Shout out to FedEx. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) A mysterious box came to the door, and I opened it up, and it was the Nintendo Wii that my mom had copped from someone on eBay for a little extra cash just to make Christmas that much more special.
1: And you got to think... She paid some extra money for it to come on Christmas Day. Like, MVP mom right there, MVP.
0: Shout out to my mom.
2: Shout out to JP's (laughs) mom.
0: (laughs) And anyway, so the main point I was trying to make from earlier, though, is I just don't want Xbox to make promises that they can't keep. I would love for Phil Spencer and the rest of the team over at Microsoft to prove me wrong. I would love to see a successful lineup. I'd love to see a successful launch. You know, I'm team video games,
2: and therefore I'm team Xbox. Call me the avatar, baby, because I I love everything. Can I just run you saying Team Xbox on a loop? Yes. Just for like five minutes. Just I'm Team Xbox. I have a feeling even
0: if I say no, that's not going to stop you. I'm Team Xbox. I'm Team Xbox. I'm Team Xbox. I'm Team Xbox. Xbox. Xbox.
1: All right, guys, we've said Xbox at least 50 times the past 30 minutes.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm I'm a little sick of Xbox. Can we talk about something else? We can actually talk about the exact opposite if you'd like to take the next article. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Okay, what is this? What's this all about? Let's uh, take a little look-see at this. I will take it. This next article is coming to us from Dental.com, an article by Rose Chelsea. PlayStation 5 reveal event is reportedly scheduled for June 4th. First-party games possibly getting unveiled ahead of the event. Okay, this is interesting so i
2: thought you'd like that i thought you'd get a little excited (laughs) you were so upset (laughs) and you were mad we talked about xbox (laughs) i'm i'm salty i'm not mad
1: (laughs) it's nice when your (laughs) guys get to do stuff isn't it yeah all
0: right so according to a new report that surfaced online today the playstation 5 will be revealed in full june 4th 2020 games beat reporter jeffrey grubb on the reset ERA forums that the reveal event is currently planned for early June. First party games, however, May possibly be shown before the event. Now, first things first, this is all just a rumor, right? Nothing is confirmed here. That being said, have we looked
2: more into the sources? Is this guy credible for his rumors? Actually, he is. He has been very accurate on Nintendo Direct releases. Okay, well, then. And claims that he has strong insider information. So I don't know where he's getting it from, if he's just like hiding as a janitor in all of these game company buildings. (laughs) (laughs) but I think we can take his word for him. Okay, well, you know what, and
1: that's great. You really gotta think if Xbox is talking all this, PlayStation's gotta freaking do something Finally, right? I mean, I don't know. I think PlayStation
0: has just kind of been twiddling their thumbs, just waiting for the right moment to strike, to be honest. They've
2: been waiting for Xbox to make a mistake so they can swoop in.
1: Oh, that's true. Maybe that is their plan. But I just think, gosh, gaming has been so boring. Like, I mean, like other than Animal Crossing come out and I guess Final Fantasy. So maybe I'm just a little spoiled Nintendo. baby.
0: There's been a little bit of a market for like indie games coming out. But for the most part, you're totally right, Zach. I mean, just not a lot's been happening because of the virus.
1: It's just like usually by now we have like E3 rumors, all this stuff that you know like 50% of it's going to be fake. But like right now, everyone's like e 3s canceled. This has got delayed, yada, yada. It's just been so depressing. So I'm just glad to hear that Microsoft has an event coming up. PlayStation is rumored to have an event coming up. And you think if Xbox is striking, PlayStation can't be too far behind. That's, I mean, that's exactly
0: what I'm hoping for.
1: PlayStation 5, so far what we've gotten
0: is a reveal of the specs for the console. Now we saw some amazing things with the spec for the console. Obviously, as far as like like power, it's still a very powerful console, drags a little bit behind the X, the new Xbox. In every category, except for, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the actual presentation, I'm really excited to see what they do with this sound quality thing. Three dimensional sound that they're developing for the console, I'm ecstatic to see how that goes. But obviously, if you're not a spec junkie, you don't care about that stuff all that much. What you really want to see is the games. Because that's why we play games. It's for the games. So seeing what the PlayStation 5 is going to be looking like, that's one of the big things. But what I'm really excited for is to start talking games. So you guys have heard me talk about the PlayStation exclusives like crazy. So I'll ask you guys, is there anything that you really want to see from PlayStation during their first party title reveals? Medieval.
2: I want to see a new medieval game, not just a remake. That would be cool. That, Ratchet and Clank, or Jack and Daxter. Those three, and I'm pretty sold on a PlayStation.
1: You got to think if that rumor of Crash last week is true, I'm thinking that's enough platforming. So they're probably going to do something else. So I'd imagine they're going to release some sort of cool racing game. Uh Uh-huh. Need for Speed, maybe. I'm really hoping it's Crash. And then maybe another Uncharted I don't know, is that Uncharted thing done for JP? I'm actually not a huge fan of the
0: Uncharted series. I know plenty of people who are, from what I understand though, no, they're still going strong in the story. And I don't think it'll be a launch title, honestly. It might be revealed in this. We'll see what happens with that. I'm sure there's plenty of people that'd be super excited to see that. What I'm anticipating is all the obvious stuff, to be honest. I mean, first of all, I'm calling it right now, the new God of War is probably gonna be a launch title. Because that's going to sell the console like hotcakes, as it should, because again, Game of the Year 2018, amazing title. I've heard a couple of rumors about Horizon Zero Dawn 2, which again, that's the game that barely lost to uh, Breath of the Wild in the Game Awards the year before. So if there is a reveal, I'm guessing that's going to be one of them too. Probably a port for The Last of Us 2, whenever that decides to drop. Oh, JP, good news, is coming out in June. Yeah, I forgot we just covered that. It's coming out in June. So I'm excited to play that game. I think those are the big things. Um, Let's see, what else would be cool? Bloodborne, a lot of people are a huge fan of Bloodborne and I think it'd be cool to see something for that. Czar said it, another Ratchet & Clank would be very cool. There's tons of things that they can do with PlayStation because we've said it again and again and again, PlayStation has the games going for it right now. Something I didn't mention before is a big part of this, honestly, is also PlayStation willing to try something new with a lot of these games because half of those I was exclusives for the PlayStation that are hits was the first game in its franchise. The new Spider-Man game, Horizon Zero Dawn, Detroit Become Human, which was a great hit. Those are all hits, every single one of them. So I'm not only anticipating to see some familiar faces in this gaming event, I'm also expecting to probably see a few new games that'll turn some heads. And that's pretty much
1: all I have to say about that. Sound I'm really hyped. I'm hoping they do release things. Another thing I think we didn't talk about was Insomnia Games hasn't really been doing much lately. So maybe they're working on a Spider-Man 2. That'd be pretty dope. Oh my
2: god, that'd be great. Was Spider Man Insomniac? I had no idea they did anything else except Ratchet and I Clank. I think it
1: was Insomniac. Yep, Marvel Spider Man was done by Insomniac. They also did Sunset Overdrive on the Xbox, oh, which I was bizarre. like, Who Love Sunset Overdrive? Oh, yeah. How did you not bring I up
2: totally Sunset overdrive. overdrive? You loved that game because it was cool for about a month and then nobody talked about it again. And it was really cool, but it ultimately was pretty gimmicky and a good showcase as a launch title, but not much else. Flavor of the month game hundred percent
0: all right so yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about that i gave my excitement for seeing some xbox titles but it's good to hear you guys getting
2: just stepping a little bit of your toe in the water for team playstation as well oh well playstation was a huge part of my childhood like i said i had a playstation 2 back in the day absolutely
1: loved it everyone had a playstation 2 sorry it was the best dvd player of all time (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was
0: Yeah, whatever you guys say, I know. Zach, I know you had a PlayStation 2 you used all the time. I saw you. I was there. What?
1: (laughs) Our next uh, article is about... Final Fantasy VII. JP hyped this game up last week, and mm-hmm. to add on to it, I'm I'm gonna agree with him. I think this is gonna be one of our game of the year contestants. But basically, people who have been waiting forever for the part two because we were hoping this Final Fantasy VII remake would encompass everything. It's actually been broken into parts. A lot of people are making jokes about part two not coming out till 2030. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully they have the engine already, so it'll be coming soon. Um, but basically, Yoshinori Katasi was talking to Audrey on Twitter. He just had this really good quote that I thought was cool because I know a lot of people were worried about how they were um, messing with the original IP of Final Fantasy VII. And so basically, Katasi comes out and made this statement. We're not drastically changing the story, making it something completely different than the original. Even though it's a remake, please assume the story of Final Fantasy VII will continue as Final Fantasy VII always has. So just a quick quote to make sure that everyone knows Hey, this may have had some different, like Kingdom Hearts-esque, like time Oh, Can I even say that, JP? Uh, I probably shouldn't say. Yeah,
0: it. yeah, you know what? That's that's fair. I mean, you're not ruining a whole lot.
1: Okay, I don't want to like get. I don't want to get because those kind of fantasy fans, man. They're they can be vicious, dude. Look,
0: here's the thing, and you're free to agree with me. This game's been out for a very, very, very long time. It's not spoilers anymore.
1: Well, no for the, okay, but okay. Anyway, so they they did some creative freedoms with the first part, but they want you to know and rest assured that even though they did that, they're still gonna have the general theme that they have from the original Final Fantasy VII. You guys have any more thoughts on that? I know JP, you're a big Final Fantasy VII expert right now.
0: Okay, so here's the thing, and I've been doing a lot of research about this. I've heard what a lot of people have to say. Every, you know, YouTube game reviewer has their opinion. And most of them are positive. In fact, one of the only ones I haven't seen that are positive is Donkey video game Donkey's review. He was very, very harsh on the game. And in my opinion, unfairly, uh, you're more than free to disagree with me, but here's kind of where we are right now. So Final Fantasy VII's story, It's not changed in the first part of the game. I'm not completely done with the game yet, the first part. I'm probably about four-fifths of the way done with it. The story hasn't changed all that much. It really hasn't. What they're doing is they're giving more story to characters that the first game that the remake is based off of didn't have much of a story to begin with. Like, uh, Jesse is the big example. In the first game, that came out, she had three lines before a uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for a 20-year-old game, she died and uh in this game. That's a big spoiler <laughs> for a game that's been out for 20 years. <laughs> how long do I have to wait?
2: <laughs> Forever. Spoilers are never. A uh, thing. We'll debate about that,
0: because I have things to say about that. <laughs> that's not the point of this. The point is she's basically what they've been doing is they've been taking characters that didn't have a lot to say in the first game, and they've been giving giving them more fleshed out stories they've been actually adding a personality to some of these characters and that gives like a lot more things to do in the game and a lot more people to meet and a lot more playability and that's essentially what's going on the main points of the story the big events those really haven't been changing at all they're just adding more stuff that's happening in between so in regards to what um is being said here about not drastically changing the story for the second part. They weren't really doing that for the first part anyway. People have still just been complaining like, oh, well, it's not a better game. You just make, you know, not... Donkey's quote on what he said about the game negatively was that, oh, I don't need to know what happens with every single person in the game. But I've also heard other people turn around and would complain like, this person died, but you didn't flesh him out well enough. Why should I care about this death? It's like you just can't make people happy no matter what you do, you know? Anyway, those are kind of just my thoughts.
2: Well, I think 90% of gamers could agree that as long as you don't touch the meat and potatoes of a game's story, that's great. But fledging out more story for characters that didn't get the spotlight they deserved is also fantastic. It can increase gameplay time as well as help players develop a sense of humanity to each character that's being presented. Right. I don't see anything negative about that. As long as they don't touch the story, that extra story and extra gameplay is amazing. And I think Square Enix should keep on doing what they're doing. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Play Final Fantasy 7. Just do it. Even if you didn't play
0: the first one, it doesn't matter. Even if you've never played another Final Fantasy, it doesn't matter because the games
2: don't connect story-wise anyway. Play this game. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'll play it when it's not just on the PlayStation. <sighs> and we come full circle. <laughs>
0: Anyway, all right, yeah, I'm done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, next up is our video game releases. So starting out, video game releases, we have John Wick's Hex on the PS4. That's coming out May 5th. Ooh. It's based off John Wick, and it's an action strategy video game. And um, it's kind of got this like noir comic book vibe to it. It looks really cool. Um does it have Keanu Reeves? Uh, if it doesn't,
0: you can throw the whole damn game away.
1: Right? It looks similar. I don't know the comic. He looks like a comic book Keanu Reeves. But is
2: it his voice actor? Is the big question.
1: I'll look that up. Hell yeah. I'm not seeing a Troy Baker voices the character.
2: All right. You know what? Okay. The, the, I can
0: live
1: with Troy that. Troy Baker's pretty famous name too, though. Yeah, to I can. That.
0: I can deal with that. That's fine. No, but I'm excited for this because action strategies I've kind of been getting in it. I've kind of been getting into lately with I'm just starting out with Fire Emblem for now, but I've been having fun with it. So
1: who knows? I might give this a go. In the Game Critics Awards at one best strategy game in 2019. After that, you have someday you'll return for the PC. That's coming out on May 5th. That's another psychological horror video game developed by CBE Software. The game draws inspiration from now bear with me, guys, Silent Hill. Outlast 2, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I've
0: played all of those. That's amazing. Even The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, that was a good game too. That's a lot of concepts to pull, but it sounds like it could be really scary.
1: Right, let's see if they pull together.
0: It would have been funny if they threw in a random game like Outlast 2, Silent Hill, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and Hello Kitty Island Adventure. (laughs)
1: Right.
2: <laughs>
0: like what <laughs> now? I'm
1: interested. <laughs> i mean in. you had me at Hello Kitty. <laughs> After that, we have Track Mania coming to the PC on May 5th. It's a it's a racing game. So if, so if you like racing games, that's uh it's your cup of tea right there. Yeah. After that is War Tile, Hell's Nightmare. It's a DLC coming to PS4 PC xbox one on may 5th um, if you guys ever play the board game HeroScape, it literally looks like that but in video game form
2: that's pretty that cool. Is cool
1: next up is Arboria coming on the pc on may 7th begin your journey in this dark fantasy roguelite as a warrior a Yotun, descend into the ever-changing dernar and uncover the myst- mysteries of your tribe uh so vikings are cool so vikings are yeah. cool <laughs> vikings are cool um so that comes out may 7th on the pc that'll be exciting After that is kind of the wackiest game, I think, this week. And I'm excited to get your guys' thoughts on this. This is called Fledging Heroes. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch on May 7th. It's a side-scrolling flap-em-up game, think Flappy Bird, featuring brave birds taking on a wild world. Each feathered friend has their own treacherous tale as they dodge dastardly pirate lizards. What? Dash through a frozen <laughs> forest, dive through sunken temples, and flap their way from fled- fledglings to fully-fledged heroes. So it's Flappy Bird. story. With, with a, a story. story mode.
0: <laughs> 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 so,
1: I mean... That's got, I mean, that's got the capabilities. Going to Switch, Switch is hot right now. Maybe that could be a big game if it's on the cheap.
0: I. You know what? Yeah, if it's not too much, and I'm sure plenty of people are going to review it on YouTube before, you know, if it sounds interesting, watch someone else play it for a little while and be like,
1: oh, okay. So that's kind of like one of the most Interesting game to think for this week. After that comes Lonely Mountains Downhill, also on the Nintendo Switch on May 7th. Just you, your bike, take it on a thrilling ride down an unspoiled mountain landscape. Make your way through thick forests, narrow trails, and wild rivers. Race, jump, and slide, and try to crash all the way from peak to the valley. Very cool. And then finally last release they're going to talk about is wavy the rocket for pc on may 7th um okay so the fledgling one was pretty out there too but this one's also up there so he tries he being the rocket tries to stop the moon from being destroyed by an evil corporation that removes fizz from soda it's a precision uh, side scroller like no other
0: what that removes <laughs> fizz from soda what kind of stupid scheme is that why did they want to blow up the moon Screw the moon,
1: what about the soda? (laughs) It's like they're all sentient rockets too. So it's just kind of, it's an out there kind of story. And what's kind of cool about these games is that's usually the one where they, um, I don't know, usually you throw enough weird stuff, it kind of sticks. Yeah. The last big thing is it's handcrafted and set to some seriously funky hip hop.
0: (laughs) This game sounds
1: awesome. (laughs) I am all about this. All right. And that is all our new game releases for the next week. All right. So there it is.
0: So usually we'd end an episode here and talk about what we're doing in the next episode. But uh, we've got a little something special to do for the end of this episode. And I'll let Zar take it from here.
2: All right, so as JP said, this next segment was actually a suggestion from a fan and avid listener named Ella. She wanted to know who our favorite YouTubers and streamers were and how they somehow influenced our lives. Her favorite YouTuber is Stampy Cat, who sparked her imagination in the world of Minecraft, and she is also really into horror and loves to explore the youtube lore of her favorite game five nights at freddy's wow she also loves to make five nights at freddy's fan art very cool so that's a little of how youtubers have impacted her life jp who's your favorite youtuber slash streamers and how have they impacted your life wow
0: that's a that's an amazing question and honestly i could talk for hours about it um i guess my first exposure on youtube when i was like i'm 25 years old now but when i was really getting into youtube like over 10 years ago it started off as just sketch comedy groups um the whitest kids you know balloon shop Derek comedy they just did funny sketches and i thought it was the funniest thing ever but it also amazed me that you know just a bunch of regular people could just come up with an idea learn the videography and just post it themselves it was so unbelievably fascinating to me and it was a big inspiration behind like getting this podcast started for myself it was just you know the idea that ordinary people can do great things if they just you know kind of put their minds to it and use a little bit of their creativity and then a little bit after that i started getting into a lot of animation youtubers so um I mean the biggest animation youtubers right now on the platform think uh the odd ones out domics jaden animations rebecca parham's channel i love watching those you know the video the stories there and just the cartoons i love cartoons and i love beautiful colors so that really got me going Um, i love watching those but then there is one man there's one man who has inspired me beyond all belief and his name is markiplier now I know Markiplier is a huge YouTuber. He's one of the biggest on the platform, one of the most influential men on the platform, but I didn't start watching Markiplier when he was that big. When I started watching Markiplier, he had 20,000 subscribers and you know, that was years ago. I bragged to people about that. I'm like, I made a YouTube channel (laughs) just to subscribe to this man. But I loved him because, one, I loved his content. I loved the horror games he played. And if every once in a while, he'd do sketch comedy, which that got me started on YouTube, so I loved watching that. But also just, like, how genuine he was and how much he loved his fans and how much he loved doing what he was doing And not to mention, he was about the same age that we are now. When he got started making content, it was so unbelievably inspiring to me. When I was happy, I would watch a Markiplier video. When I was sad, I'd watch a Markiplier video. When I needed something to go to sleep to, I'd watch a Markiplier video. And I'm sure Ella is a huge fan too, since he's literally the king of five nights at Freddy's. So... Just that's kind of my experience with YouTubers and content creators in general who I love to watch and who I look up to. Um, and
2: that's pretty much it for me. All right, very, very cool, very cool. Zach, who
1: are your favorite YouTubers and streamers? So, some of my favorite YouTubers and streamers would be Game Explain, Watch Mojo, and The Completionist. I don't know if you guys know this, but Nintendo. Um, from 2012 to 2018 was not a very. Oh, I'll even say maybe 2017, not a very popular thing. And so, people who stream Nintendo properties or just did Nintendo content in general usually were are bashing on it. Ario was just non-existent because the Wii U, uh, yeah, wasn't very good. Yeah. So Game Explain kind of came in there and helped fill that void of just like having some. Thing that i could listen to and just kind of like zone out to and like still enjoy the greatness that was nintendo because they have some really cool um videos on everything and they kind of did they've done like really cool in-depth research like basically they had like a 45 minute video on like a three minute trailer for smash and i think they were one of the first people to make like popularize that like i know you have like those crazy reaction videos and i feel like Game explain was one of the first ones to really like hype those things up and um, like those 30-minute dissections, they would be able to find all the Easter eggs um, to everything that like developers like Sakurai right. put into their games. And I just thought that was so cool. So it gave me really in-depth knowledge yeah. um, into Nintendo and like just its general thing. And so, gosh, I really didn't realize how big of a Nintendo fanboy I was until I started talking right there. Really? <laughs> really? You, <laughs> really you didn't, me across you didn't the face. realize
0: how much of a Nintendo fanboy you were?
1: Really? Like, I knew it was bad, but God, <laughs> that sounded pretty bad. <laughs> all right, anyway, and then... I love Watch Mo- Mojo. Like I like. I don't know. I need some sort of noise to help me fall asleep at night. So I'll throw on my earbuds and like just watch a Watch Mojo video. Their
0: videos are addicting. I'll give that to you. They really are. Yeah, they are.
1: They have like top ten list of everything, music. Video games, movies, literally everything. They have a top 10 list. And it's just fun to see how they um, debate and argue certain topics. And um, I think they're great. And if you like anime, they're really a big Dragon Ball Z fan. So like, try, like anytime there's an anime top 10, you just know Dragon Ball Z is going to be number one. Like literally every time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fan voting or just their own bias, but literally every time. It's
2: the poster child for anything <laughs> anime.
1: <laughs> right. So I don't know. I Like I said, I relate with that. I love Dragon Ball Z, so I thought that was cool. And then um, one person that I'm really getting into right now that is just so fun and refreshing, and he's not uh, like a pro Nintendo guy. He's like, just like JP said earlier, he's a pro gamer guy. Like he loves Sony. He loves Xbox. He loves Nintendo. He loves mm-hmm. PC. He's just, he loves video games. That's the completionist. Ooh, and basically yeah. he will play, he will play every single game to hundred percent. And he just goes through the entire story of it. Tells you what the game's about, goes over how fun the game is. Then goes over how hard it is to complete the game.
0: He's hardcore, man. I do like the
1: completionist. Yeah. He is dedicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. I love how he sets up his videos. They're so nice and so organized. It's something that as a content creator, along with my boys, I know we all dream of like having it set up how he does and that, that sort of rhythm. And so I just think it's a really cool thing. If you're like looking to be a YouTuber, kind of like watch him and kind of model yourself after him because he has it very organized and put together. Granted, he's like almost a company at this point. So he has a lot of resources he can pour into it. But his his things are so entertaining and he finds some of the coolest tidbits on like every video game. Um, so yeah, I, I love uh, his videos a lot. So yeah, those are my uh, top three um, YouTubers like to watch. zar what about you?
2: Amazing YouTubers, all great. So my favorite YouTubers, the first one JP talked about a bit, and that's Markiplier, and I think a lot of people in the world can say that Markiplier is one of their favorite YouTubers. Mm. I mean, he's got 25.6 million subscribers. That is amazing. But I started watching Markiplier when I was in high school. His channel was my Netflix and his let's plays were my shows. I remember coming home from my after school job and binge watching one playlist after another. I particularly was interested in his horror game playthroughs though. And my all-time favorite was Cry of Fear. I think that's the playlist that he has the most videos in. Because there's almost a hundred Cry of Fear videos, I feel like. Oh, wow. Like. I didn't know that. So many of them. That's crazy. But... I was captivated by what he did, and it made me think about what I wanted to do. And I've always been interested in some kind of career centered around video games, but I never had the skill for coding and programming games, so I thought it was just a pipe dream. But upon discovering Mark Plyer's channel, I realized that I could chase my dream and do something more with video games other than just playing them. Even if it never turned into a career, I discovered new ways to share my passion. Thanks to Markiplier, I actually made a Twitch profile and started streaming some games. Very cool. And from there, my Twitch profile soon transitioned into my own YouTube channel, which I still operate today. Salty Fish Game, inserting the plug here. <laughs> don't be mad. Join the Salty Fish. Just salty saying. Salty Fish. I love your name. <laughs> yes. But furthering that passion for video games, I actually came together... With these two, some great friends of mine, and we all formed this podcast that you're listening to right now. If it weren't for Markiplier's influence, I don't think I would have had the courage to, or even thought about for that matter, pursuing these possibilities beyond the controller. But speaking of horror, my next YouTube channel that I want to talk about is called Some Ordinary Gamers. Also, some Ordinary Archives, which is a subbranch of that channel. Now, J.P. and Zach can attest to this, but I am a dark individual. Oh,
1: yeah. His room scares me. His room? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a clown mask from the 50s that I have no idea where it came from. Could be haunted. What do you mean you have no idea where it came from? It fell out of a classmate of mine's locker in high school. He had no idea where it came from. Nobody... Ooh claimed that they put it in his locker it just appeared and i came up to him and i was like hey if you don't want that can i have that that?" and he gave brother what the hell (laughs) i mean it's i think it's been a good luck charm for me (laughs) whatever dude just just keep going (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i love all things scary and gory scary movie horror games creepy pastas they all excite me so it's no surprise that SOG would make my list. They have some great content about haunted games. Their channel is my campfire ghost story fix. Through them, I discovered such creepy pastas as Legend of Zelda's Ben drown., oh, yeah. Super Mario Worlds, I hate you, and of course Pokemon's white hand. Ooh. all of those myths. Scary stuff fascinates me, and whenever I want to scare myself into thinking that my games are trying to kill me, I drop by their channel. It sounds weird to some, but I love tricking myself into believing that one of my old Nintendo cartridges contains something sinister and is just waiting for me to blow the dust out and release it through my TV. So I guess you could say that their influence on me is to keep these old games alive Because you never know what may be lurking in that old game cartridge that you picked up at a yard sale 10 years ago with Timmy's name written on it. Absolutely. Now, the final YouTube channel I wanted to talk about is a really recent one that I discovered called Level Up. And it's a little bit different from the horror I was talking about earlier. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) No more
1: scary stuff. (laughs) i'm holding my dog right now (laughs) is milo there (laughs) no krista took the dog i'm scared (laughs) Uh, damn
2: it krista well that's okay because these guys are funny so i discovered this channel only about a year and a half ago but i have already binged every video the creator makes animated mostly nintendo shorts Mm -hmm. but the way he creates his content fascinates me his animations are in the style of the games that they are based on. In fact, they look exactly like the games. Specifically, the common theme is Super Mario Bros., the original title. His videos are hilarious, and they explore such notions as would the Pokemon Ditto be OP in Mario Brothers? <laughs> and what would happen if Mario was in Metroid? And Luigi beating Bowser by doing absolutely nothing. Just to name a few. That's awesome. He also made an absolutely compelling series called Mario Craft, where Mario and Bowser are transported into the world of Minecraft and must unlearn all they know to fight for their survival. If I'm ever having a bad day, or I want to procrastinate whatever the hell I'm supposed to do, Level Up is always there with some stunning and hilarious creativity. Level Up's creativity sparks my own imagination and compels me to never stop creating, even if it is just for my own amusement. So those are just a few of the creators that I follow. But each and every one of them has inspired me to think differently, Mm -hmm. to create and give me a little enjoyable escape from reality. And that is mind blowing about all of this is that these creators, like JP said, are regular people, just like you and me. Mm -hmm. These are peoples that had an idea and ran with it. One of the biggest influences about every channel is their uniqueness, that little spark that makes them different from everyone else. They help us see that if you have an idea, you can do it. But the most important lesson is that while you do it, have fun with it. I can't think of a single creator that doesn't have fun making their videos. And that's what sets YouTube aside from everything else we do in the world is because these people didn't have to create their content. They decided somewhere along the line that outside of their jobs, their social lives, and all of the other important stuff that they had to do to set aside some time to do the things that made them happy. Absolutely. It's all about that little extra So I encourage all of you out there to watch these creators and find your little extra. That was really fun to
0: talk about. Um, Thank you so much, Ella, for the question. That was
2: amazing to talk about. Absolutely. So those are our favorite YouTubers and streamers and how they have influenced our lives. Again, thank you so much to our friend and fan Ella for suggesting this fun little segment.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I Also like to just let everyone know like please reach out to us who wants to talk about something like we are a small close knit community at this point. And um, we really do listen to everything you guys are saying. And if you guys have ideas, we'd love to hear them. So please reach out to us to us on social media or just talk to us in real life because a lot of you are our friends. We are here for you guys just like we here for us so absolutely please reach out to us
0: and with all of that said i think it is time to end this episode of the game t podcast that was a great episode i had a lot of fun with that episode actually that being said the next episode coming out at the end of this week is actually a returning segment from earlier in the podcast's history called rate that rating rate that rating and i will finally be here yeah for Zara will be here and I don't know. Maybe we should kick Zara out and get Krista back.
1: Oh, I just yeah, got here. Dude, girls are clicks, man. Come on. <laughs> it is what it, it is. It is what
0: it is. That'll do it for this episode of the Game T Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank
2: you. And till next time, bye. Thank you all
0: so much for listening to this episode of the Game T Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game T Podcast X, you can find us on Facebook at the Game T Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game T Podcast.